0: Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. As you know, we put in a ton of time and effort to make each of our shows as valuable as we can. If you find the information useful, please share this podcast with a friend by emailing it to them or sharing this on the social media site of your choice.
1: Today we're going to talk about a subject that probably isn't talked about enough, and that is protecting one of your most valuable assets. If you had a money machine, what would you insure? The money that it makes or the machine that's making the money? Well, we're all money machines when we go out and earn a paycheck, and most of us are going through life without protecting that paycheck in case something happens to us where we can't work and earn that paycheck anymore. Joining us today is John Nichols. He is the president of Disability Resource Group, and he's also the incoming president of Of the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. Despite his expertise in that area, he also has a personal story as John suffered a debilitating disability where he was paralyzed from the neck down in a water skiing accident. So he learned firsthand the importance of the products that he advises his clients on, and he also learned some valuable lessons that he's going to share with us today. Welcome, John.
0: Good to be with you, Jim.
1: Hey, it's great to have you back again. And for listeners who've been with us for a while, John had visited with us a while back describing his disability at a young age. And fortunately, he had disability insurance income, helped him get through it. And today we thought we'd kind of revisit it and in retrospect, look at how you might have done things differently, what worked out well, and hopefully our listeners can learn by that. But before we get started, for those that didn't hear you the last time, if you could just take a couple minutes and talk about what happened and how it impacted your ability to work.
0: Great, Jim. Happy to do that. I was age 32 and I had a water skiing accident. In that accident, I suffered a broken neck, which resulted in total paralysis from my neck all the way down to my toes. And it was a six-year period of rehabilitation and recovery. I'm one of those walking miracles that you may hear about, and yet I experienced a loss of income due to that disability and due to the time frame that I was out. Quite frankly, I, again, I was just extremely lucky to be able to get back to where I am today.
2: John, maybe if you could, now that really being an insurance professional and helping counsel clients on the importance of disability, that's one side of your life But on the other side, you're a consumer because you have the protection. So let's help our listeners from a consumer's perspective really understand what's important when it comes to evaluating disability insurance.
0: And that's such a great perspective. I'd like the consumer to look at disability insurance really in a different light because it's not disability insurance. It's really a health insurance supplement. And that health insurance supplement, that program, that product actually provided me as a consumer, great choice and great control over my medical care. Recently, I did some peer-to-peer counseling with a patient who suffers a spinal cord injury like mine, and her name is Susie, 28 years old. I'm sitting in her living room with her and the rest of the family, and she's not able to work at this time. And she leaned over to me from her wheelchair, and she said, John... It's so important for us to be our own advocate for our health. The disability insurance that I own provided the funds and it's providing me the mental confidence to take control of my health and my recovery process. I mean, wow, what an important lesson to learn right from the consumer who's experiencing that illness or that accident. And now they want to try to get their body back to where it was before.
2: Well, John, maybe explain, I guess from Susie's perspective, because you've certainly lived it yourself, help our listeners understand how that disability insurance really helped her be her own advocate and be in control.
0: Yeah, most people, when they think disability, they certainly think of that wheelchair, but it could be really any accident or illness, any accident or illness that's going to prevent you from going to work and earning that stream of income. The disability insurance or the income protection policy can kick in and provide funds, money that allows you to make choices, allows you to make choices on, let's say, covering expenses that your health insurance plan doesn't cover. That might include a second opinion, might include rehabilitation expenses, it might include equipment. It might include just covering your basic deductible. One of the things I've read recently is, is that the deductibles for people's health insurance plans, their medical insurance plans, are rising. It's not uncommon to have consumers have a $1,000 deductible or a $2,000 deductible, maybe even a $5,000 high-limit deductible for their health insurance plan. And the disability insurance benefits can help cover that deductible. So there are a number of things that the disability policy can provide benefits for. One last one that just popped in my mind is after my catastrophic accident, I needed mental therapy. I needed that psychiatrist to sit down with me. Well, my health insurance plan only covered so many visits. So my disability policy, those cash benefits were paid to me. I was able to utilize for my therapy sessions that were over and above what my health insurance plan would cover.
1: John, what you shared, I've heard time and time again from people who've actually suffered a catastrophic disability, and they all talk about the same thing, is the mental health and dealing with their circumstances, because nobody plans to get disabled. It just happens. That seems to be a common thread. Every one of them talks about how important it was to have the peace of mind that they didn't have that financial burden of how are we going to pay the bills, how am I going to get this done or that done. So we do hear that again and again. One other question I'd have for you is... What about buying the right policy? I just had a client in last week. A younger uh, gentleman just got married, and they both bought a new house. They both bought new cars, and they're loving life, and they're just getting started in their lives together and thinking of starting a family. What's interesting is just a couple of years ago, they were starving college kids, and now between the two of them, they're professionals. are making about ninety grand a year, and I asked him about disability income insurance. Does he have coverage? He goes, oh, yeah, I think I've got that at work. And I said, are you sure you have that? Is it short-term? Is it long-term? Well, he really didn't have the answer. And I think a lot of people assume that all policies are created equal. And just because you have disability income insurance, there's a big difference between policies. So what is the right kind of policy that someone should be looking at?
0: I get that question all the time. What is the right kind of policy? The right kind of policy is one that's enforced at the time of the accident or the illness. And that's the short kind of funny answer. The reality is, is dependent upon that person's occupation and what coverages they may or may not have already, the individual policy that are available in the marketplace, they're going to be different. But there's really only three types, the way I've boiled it down. One is you have that traditional middle management on up type policy, and there are basically five, six, seven insurance carriers in that marketplace. Then there's the skilled labor income protection policy, and there's three or four different carriers in that marketplace. And then you have the super wealthy that are being discriminated against through their group policies and the individual traditional markets. The super wealthy, there are high limit plans, and there are three or four different policies that fit that marketplace. So it isn't like there's a thousand different types of policies. There's really just two or three that are going to be appropriate for the normal average consumer out there.
2: That's actually an interesting point because there's thousands of insurance companies and each one has multitudes of different products to choose from. But if you're in this marketplace with this need, really the scope of options is fairly narrow. So it becomes very important that you're working with a good counselor to really sort through what your needs are and to know what those carriers, as you said in that market, to almost find which one's the perfect fit or that niche because I'm sure most consumers don't wanna fill out five, six, seven, eight applications. They wanna know which is the best carrier to start with. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, Jim and Tony, you've got this right. And sometimes as advisors, we get caught up in all the language of all the policies that are in the marketplace. And quite frankly, Jim, I'm excited you had the conversation. If we could just have advisors start to have the conversation, that's what the consumer wants. They want to be informed. They want to be educated. And I think as advisors, we're missing out by not having the conversation.
2: Well, is there a key questions that the consumer should be asking when they're evaluating disability insurance, or maybe dial them down to just a few different key questions?
0: So number one, what's the definition of disability? What do I have to do to be able to collect on this particular policy? What are the areas of disability? The answer to that is what's the definition of total disability? What's the definition of partial or residual disability? Is there a rehabilitation clause that played such an important role in my recovery? That would be a consumer question. What is the rehabilitation clause within this policy? Tell me how the pricing works. What is the process of obtaining the coverage? Can I get more in the future if my income goes up? So those would be some of the questions that I would want to ask if I was the consumer.
1: One thing that comes up sometimes is guaranteed renewable versus non-cancelable. I know non-cancelable is more expensive. Can you explain that difference?
0: Non-cancelable, meaning the policy can never, ever be changed by the insurance carrier, meaning the language of the policy can never, ever be changed, as well as the rates of that policy. So when you buy a non-cancelable policy, you're buying a policy that has level and guaranteed rates. When you're buying a guaranteed renewable policy, you're buying a rate structure that could be changed by the insurance company by class, and they also could change the contract language if they wanted to by class as well.
2: We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, let's maybe talk a little bit about your personal story and understand and let people learn from that in designing their own disability insurance program. So please stay tuned. Having a
1: conversation with your child is like putting money in the bank. For example, every time you ask your child... So, how was your day? You've just added to your conversation trust account. And when you say to your child... Good job, son. You get double deposits. And the more you ask, the more you put away. And it's good advice... Excuse me. And it's good advice to have... Stop that. And it's good advice to have little chats with your child as often as you can. Thank you. Because someday, when they're teenagers, it may pay off big dividends.
2: Dad, can I ask you something?
1: Give your family everything. Give them your
2: time. Thanks, Dad. I think you're right. Welcome back. As we continue a very in-depth conversation today about the importance of having disability insurance We're really fortunate and blessed to have today with us John Nichols, the president of Disability Resource Group. And as we shared in the beginning before the break, John had suffered his own personal disability back in 1993 when he suffered almost a near-death experience from a water skiing accident and fought through six years of rehab to get where he is today. So it's very powerful, John, for you to share with us your personal story about what you've learned and how you now apply that in counseling clients maybe share with us so our listeners understand the ways in which you were paid benefits. You'd mentioned before the break these terms of presumptive disability or total disability or partial. Help the consumer understand the differences and the nuances between these definitions and how it affected how you were paid.
0: Great, Tony. I'm happy to do that. Think of it this way. There are seven, maybe eight ways in which I collected benefits from my disability insurance policies. The first one you mentioned it, presumptively disabled. As a C5, C6 incomplete quadriplegic, I had the loss of the use of my arms and legs. Presumptively means, hey, you're presumed. So I was presumed to be totally disabled because I had the loss of use of either my two arms or two legs or an arm and a leg, or the complete loss of sight and or hearing. And in my case, obviously I had complete loss of use of my arms and my legs. And so I was presumed to be totally disabled and the benefits were paid to me after a 30-day waiting period. So I received immediate benefits from the policy. The second way in which I collected from the insurance policies was being defined as totally disabled. I was totally disabled, unable to perform the substantial and material duties of my occupation. And so once that definition kicked in, I get the total benefit, no questions asked. Then as I was going through my rehabilitation process, I started to go back to work in my same job, but I was only there on a part-time basis. And more importantly, I still had a loss of income. And because of those factors, I received partial benefits of My total disability benefit, so if my total disability benefit was $1,000 and I was back to work with a 50% loss of income, I received $500 of monthly benefit. The third way was recovery benefits. Now, after six years, I went back to work on a full-time basis, but I still had a loss of income due to the fact that my sales pipeline was empty. So I had to kind of rebuild my pipeline, to rebuild my income stream. And so my recovery benefits paid me while I was still building up my income to my previous levels. And then the fourth area, which played such an important role for me, was the rehabilitation benefits. My medical insurance policy only paid up to $10,000 of rehabilitation benefits. The rehabilitation benefits from my disability policy paid me way over and above those benefits, and it allowed me to have a physical therapist come to my home two hours a day, five days a week, to work on rehabilitating my body. And I also collected from a different type of disability policy. My car loan was paid off, so when I signed up for my bank loan for my car, it had a disability provision in it, and then lastly, for those that have life insurance, and I had the life insurance disability waiver of premium. So my life insurance premiums were paid while I was totally disabled.
1: Now, I'm just gonna make a couple comments, John. To really clarify for our listeners, I mean, you being a business owner, that's where understanding your disability income policies, how those different parts of the policies work, because when you talked about partial disability, residual disability, recovery benefits, especially for someone who's in a profession where you have clients and your revenue is derived from ongoing business, you step away from that business, your income will start to diminish. And to come back, even though you're working full time, you don't get right back and all of a sudden you're at 100% income again. There's different types of disability. And this is why it's so critical you sit down with an insurance professional that understands a disability income and understand your circumstances to make sure that you're getting these areas covered. Which leads me to my next question, John, if you could do anything different, were there benefits that you could have had that you maybe missed out on? Because let's face it, it's amazing at 32 years old you had disability income insurance because most of us when we're 32, we're young, we're invincible, it ain't going to happen to me. Knowing that you got in a water ski accident, obviously you were athletic and at that time, probably not thinking about disability, but you had the foresight to buy the policy. Were there any things you would have done differently where you could have benefited more?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the policies today, they have something called the catastrophic benefits. They call them CAT, CAT benefits. That particular benefit rider functions like the presumptive benefit feature that I previously mentioned. It would have paid me substantially more monthly benefits during that period of time where I was totally disabled and unable to use my arms and my legs. Another one that really played out and has affected me was retirement benefits. For those six years, think about it, I wasn't making contributions to my retirement plan. And so what did I lose out? I not only lost out on the contributions, but all the value, the compound interest and earnings that those contributions would have collected would have earned. So I've missed out on that. To this day, I'm still back funding those retirement contributions. So there are policies out in the marketplace that will cover your retirement contribution. And then as a business owner, didn't have the foresight to purchase something called business overhead expense. And this policy would have paid all my business expenses or some of my business expenses to help me keep the doors open while I was out on disability claim. Those are some of the ones that I missed that, in retrospect, would have been helpful in my particular case.
2: Then, John, I guess I wanted to ask, every time I talk to a prospect about disability insurance, sometimes their first response is, but I have that covered through my group or through my employer. And, of course, that has some pros and cons. So if that's what a consumer says to you with your knowledge and background now, what are maybe some of the pitfalls of just depending on group or employer-provided disability?
0: Yeah, Two that have played out very recently for me with a friend of mine. Number one, it never covers enough. It just doesn't. It covers maybe 60% of their income, and it's most likely taxable. It never covers enough. In my disability, quite frankly, I wish I had more. It never put me back at 100% of my earnings of what I was previously earning. So number one, it's never enough. And number two, just happened to a friend of mine. He was recently laid off. Now he doesn't have the coverage. So he called me up and he said, well, what can you do? There is a policy out there that takes care of you for a short period of time. It's a severance type policy. But in this example, Paul, he would have been so much better off if he had his own private policy that he owned and he controlled because it would be more comprehensive in nature. I think that's what people miss. They think they're covered by their employer, and if they are, it's typically catastrophic coverage only. The individual disability policies that we've talked about today and the ones that I collected on The most during my claim was comprehensive disability insurance policies. So I always ask consumers, with your health insurance, did you get a catastrophic only plan or did you buy a comprehensive plan? Well, they always say, I bought a comprehensive plan. Well, then why would we fall short in providing comprehensive coverage to protect your most valuable asset, your income stream?
1: John, let's wrap up with one question. I don't know if you have any comments on this, but Dr. Marius Bernard is known as the founder of the artificial heart. What he saw with his patients is most of them, even though they had good health insurance to pay to keep them alive, they didn't have any means to pay the bills when they were laid up. He went to several insurance companies and he finally got a buy-in where they've created these critical illness policies which pay a lump sum benefit at the diagnosis of a critical illness or disease that are defined in the policy. I know in other countries where there's national health care, it's taken off like wildfire over the couple of decades that those types of policies have been around, but never really gained any traction here in the United States. And now seeing kind of what's going to maybe happen with health care here in the United States, we're going to have a similar type of health provider system as they do in other countries. Do you see critical illness as being something that clients should be looking at as an alternative to or as an add-on to disability income insurance, or is it something that maybe is not suitable?
0: I think it's suitable to have disability insurance, long-term care, and or critical illness. If I only had one checkbook or I only had to make one choice, the question I would be asking is is which policy is going to pay in the majority of situations, which policy is broad enough where if something would happen to me, I would have a more likelihood to collect benefits on. Long-term care, for instance, covers you based on the triggers of activities of daily living critical illness, as you mentioned, is going to focus in on the major illnesses such as cancer or some heart attack, stroke, etc. Disability insurance may be broad enough to cover all of those, quite frankly. But at what age are you? If you're age 60, does it make more sense to focus on long-term care and or critical illness than it does disability insurance? So there are a number of factors to look at. Bottom line, the conclusion, at least in my mind, is number one, let's have the conversation. Number two, we can determine which product is gonna be best for that consumer's situation. Is it disability insurance? Is it critical illness? Is it long-term care? And then number three, as life circumstances change, it's a good reason to why we wanna have review sessions with our clients to make sure that they have the appropriate coverages to protect their dreams and their goals, the financial independence, providing them the choice and control over their medical care and their health as we move forward.
2: And I think that is the bottom line conclusion. I know that listening to your story and the wisdom you're sharing today with your knowledge is definitely inspiring our listeners to take action. So please make today the day you begin talking, as John said. Sit down and have the conversation with your insurance professional. Explore all the different types of coverages, like Jim had mentioned critical illness and you'd mentioned, John, long-term care along with disability If your finances require you to pick between them, then you've got to decide, along with your insurance professional, what's the most appropriate. If you have the ability to cover all three, of course, we all as advisors in the industry can share story after story after story of how clients have benefited from those very valuable protections. John, it's been inspiring to talk to you today. We know our listeners will take action with their advisors. We look forward to visiting with you again in the future and wish you the greatest success going forward.
0: Honored to be with you, Jim and Tony. Wishing you both well. Thanks.
2: Thanks for joining us this week.
1: And tune in again next week as we explore another phase of the Real Wealth process. And remember, if anything you heard in today's show you'd like to get more information about, contact your Real Wealth advisor. Also, if you feel that any of this information would be helpful to a friend or family member, just click the Forward to a Friend button. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's
0: podcast from Prism Insurance Agency. We've got additional information and links in our show notes, which you can click on to learn more. If you have any questions about any of the topics covered or would like to learn more, you can go to our website, www.myprisminsurance.com. You can reach out to us on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter. Call us at 951-243-2800. Or email me directly at prob at myprisminsurance.com. The email is in the show notes as well. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and have a wonderful week.